Yes, sir, we promised you a great main event here tonight. The world's number one sports and recreation podcast is Cheap Heat. I am one-time 24-7 champion, and as SGG puts it, future WWE Hall of Famer Peter Rosenberg, joining you from the capital of the world, New York, New York, and joining us from the capital of steak and cheese, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, a.k.a. the city of brotherly shove, the physically large SGG. It's brotherly love, but I've heard your Philadelphia story, so I'm going to let you get away with that. You know, Philly Philly hasn't always been kind to <laughs> to Sir Peter Rosenberg. No, Philly hasn't always been kind to most people who set foot in Philadelphia, though I'm a, I'm a big fan. Now, just because I love the city doesn't mean I'd call it a friendly city, per se. No, no. I mean, I, I've heard but neither's New stories. York. Let's yeah, be honest. Is New York a friendly city? New Yorkers are friendly, but New York is not a friendly city because tourists have heard how bad New York is, and then they come to New York on edge, and then they it gets reinforced. the same places. Yeah. They treat each other bad, and then they go home and talk about how oh, terrible wait, oh, you, You're blaming the rudeness of New York on all visitors talking to each other. Yes. God, yes. Wow. You, yes. I thought there was a spin zone uh, for WWE. My God, I've never heard that for New York before. Think about, think about think about it right when okay. when new yorkers when people visit new york and they talk about the terrible time they've had it's always in like times square right or somebody bumped them on the subway or you know by the empire state building they got cut off for a taxi or something happened to them in front of their hotel you know what it's tourist, tourist 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 it sounds it's never, like a tourist problem it is because when new yorkers are in places where new yorkers are not we an issue. Chill, we're happy. There's no, yeah, there's no problem. Wow. That is a take I've never heard before. God, no, you are a lawyer, SGG. I'll tell you what, you're like Jackie Childs. you buy it, though? No. Could you no, buy it? No, not at all. Not if you spend <laughs> enough time here, because I, I see New Yorkers do their New York thing quite a bit. I'm just used to it, and I'm comfortable with it, and I don't think most places are much better, but then you go to, like, you know, you can you can definitely go to some places in this country where it is much friendlier and there's a real genuine touch. You run into it in New York, though, from time to time, but it's not a daily thing. But the reason uh, the reason I'm currently frustrated is I just I was just telling SGG, I just listened to a podcast about how we're never going to reach herd immunity and the path to which like we get to a point in which we don't talk about covid as a regular thing. SGG, it's so depressing, you know. It's like we're years off. Years. Yeah. This is going to be generational, it sounds like. Like, 
And I know there's probably a few people listening right now who aren't overly plugged in, who are like actually perking up at this because they don't really pay that much attention, that much attention to it. And they're like, wow, what? Yeah, like this is the way it appears like it's going to improve. But because the United States has more vaccine than anywhere in the world, but people don't want to take said vaccine. We're not going to get to the herd immunity they thought we were going to get. The combination of the lack of people wanting to take the vaccine plus the new variants means that, yo, like there's a chance that we have a really great summer SGG and then there's outbreaks again in the fall and winter. Like that, that, that could be a thing for a while still. Yeah, which is, which is sad. Oh, I, I can't even quite process that like, yo, we really got screwed, man. We really caught some bad luck at this time in history. You know, listen, I guess there's always been something. And now that I think about it, right? Like our parents had to worry about war, the draft. Your parents had to deal with, you know, civil rights in this country that were much worse even than they are now. You know, so every generation has something. And by the way, they're catching this too. <laughs> but exactly. That's the worst part. <laughs> they're they were like, yo, we did our time. <laughs> no, no, they're catching this too. But man, this this kind of sucks. Um, so and then at the same time, we're all eager to go back to the world, understandably, right? Like I, I want to go back to a show at Madison Square Garden as it pertains to wrestling. That's what I care about. I wanna I sure. wanna go see a live wwe show with wwe fans at the garden at the barclays center like i want to be there for that and i don't know when it's gonna be probably SummerSlam at the earliest but so we have a location. so we got a good thing going with the thunderdome but we don't have a location yet for SummerSlam. no so, so wouldn't you guess that if they do it they do it at like a soccer stadium that's outdoors and holds like forty thousand? Yeah, like to me, you know yeah. the red the Red Bulls the Red Bulls play up here in a place that I think holds around forty thousand. Like to me, or or you go full stadium again in limited capacity. Because here's my question: Wouldn't SummerSlam if they do SummerSlam in a stadium that they fill? Let's say this time it'll be August, so instead they could do like 40 percent, right? They would sell that number for SummerSlam. Yeah. Easily, because like you said, people people have been missing it. People want it. Or like, the, what about the Sky Dome limited capacity? Oh, not, but Canada's weird. People aren't going to Canada. I forgot. Oh, yeah. Can people even get into Canada right now? I don't now? think so. I don't think they can. Yeah, no. Do you have any, be honest, do you have anyone close in your life that is anti-vax or just refuses to take it? Not necessarily anti-vax, but highly skeptical. I'll say I think that's what the that's what a lot of black people are running into is just like a, a high skepticism. Now, do you tell these said people my theory that if the that you have a lot of reason to be skeptical of the government when it comes to their treatment of black people, but if this was an attempt to hurt black people, my God, they're going through a lot of white people first. Have you tried that theory? <laughs> I haven't tried that theory. It's not working it's, for me, but it, yeah, it, I don't know how much it'll work, but uh, I mean, yeah, literally, because probably, you know, and, and I don't know that many people who are openly not getting the vaccine. I, I certainly have a few. And listen, I, I hear it like this whole thing's been so crazy 
You know, what What do you believe? What do you not believe? This whole thing has been unbelievable. So I get it. And then you factor in the history in this country of, of black people, the government, medicine, experiments, the whole thing. It's a lot. There's a lot there. All I'll say is this. I am fully vaccinated. SUG, you are as well? Yes, I am. We are we are fully, fully vaxxed up on cheap heat. Fully vaccinated with the two weeks. I did my two oh, weeks. Oh, plus the two weeks. Dipperstein is also fully vaxxed to death. Maybe the wrong word to use there. I'll just say this. If you're not going to take the vaccine, I don't want to hear about you eating mad red meat, smoking cigarettes or blunts, or, you know, being loose, uh, drinking a, a lot of alcohol. I just don't want to see looseness with the way you're treat, you treat your body. Because if you're incredibly skeptical that this vaccine is poison, how can you go choosing to put in things that you know are poison? Poison, yeah. That That's the thing. So for me... The way I look at it is I can't be sure about this vaccine, but A, I've taken every other vaccine that's come my way. Right. No hesitancy. Exactly. I've been prescribed stuff. I've been prescribed medicines I took. <laughs> yeah. They said the appendix got to go. All right, doc, take it. It hurts. Oh, and guess what <laughs> right. happened afterwards? Felt felt better. They, they said you need a tetanus shot. Tetanus it up. Yeah. Measles, mumps, rubella. Done. Mum, check, mumps, check, rubella. Check. I don't know anyone who's gotten that. Check. I'll take it. It's always been fine. Also, on top of that, look at, at my looking at myself honestly. Red meat, check. Some occasional yeah. pork, checkaroo. Yeah, du- double check. Double Bacon, check. Everything. Fatty foods in general, check check. You know, animal products, dairy, check check check. check. Yeah. Um, have you uh, smoke any marijuana? Any cigarettes? Any vape? Any any. Check, check, check. <laughs> Alcohol. Check. Every weekend. Oh, big check. Big check every weekend. <laughs> check. I'm having a drink. I'm having two, three drinks. So I cannot in good conscience say what I where I draw the line is this COVID vaccine. Now, now, no, no, no. I must protect my temple. Right. With with everything I do to compromise my immune system, the least I could do. Check. Is, on top of a on top of an apple here or there is, is take the damn vaccine. Exactly. So that that's just my theory. So you do whatever you like. I, I mean, I don't actually believe in that theory though. You know, SGG, the whole personal choice thing. I, yeah, it's an it's, it's iffy because yes, personal choice, but if your personal choice means that you contract it and then you run into someone that I love and you give it to them and they get really sick, now we kind of got a problem. Yeah, it's, it's not a really balance, a personal choice gotta, thing. You got to balance it against society. Like, you got to. Because you can say, oh, I like to throw my trash out the window. That's a personal choice. Right. And then if it hits somebody in the street, then it's like society. The societal impact outweighs your right to just throw shit out of your window. Or, or like now the whole block is covered in trash and makes everyone feel bad when they wake up and look at the right. block. So. Right. This has been the preachiest 10 minutes of cheap heat in a long time. Um, that being said, I just, man, I want to get back to life. And I just, I understand, the, I understand the concern. I just think when you add it all up, man, 
I really think with everything going on, we'd all be happier if it was like everyone signed up to do this and we just felt good moving around. We could all be outside already completely. We could be doing whatever right now. Yeah. It doesn't mean no one would get it, but it would be a super duper low, low percentage. So SGG, uh, professional wrestling. Yeah. You're familiar with it. I am. You're a fan. I dabble. I dabble. Was there anything outside the ring this week that was worth mentioning? The biggest rumor from this past week of wrestling is that Daniel Bryan's WWE contract is indeed up and that it expired on Friday night shortly after his loss to Roman Reigns in the Thunderdome. Mm. 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 Expired. That means there shouldn't be a a no-compete clause because the contract is up. He fulfilled his obligations and those... No complete clauses usually get tacked on to an early release from the contract. So this this is like Daniel Bryan free and clear to do whatever he wants. So do we know whether or not there was um, an attempt? No. The rumor the rumor is that the contract expired. And like I say, And that was it. They were just like, all right, yeah. peace. Yep. And, and then, he was like, all right. No information on whether or not they attempted to resign. No information or not on whether there has been a new contract since since then. It's just that, you know, rumor had it that his contract expired. And that was it, um, which I find hard to believe, given the Dean Ambrose, I'm going to let my contract expire. Not sort of victory tour, but everything that they put out as far as that. I find it hard to believe that Daniel Bryan wouldn't also get some flowers. But I guess maybe given his position with WrestleMania and and then this SmackDown match, that would have gave too much away. I, I'm very curious about this whole Daniel Bryan situation. We had we we talked about it in our group chat, and you know most people in our Jew World order don't think it's likely that he'll go someplace else. But the truth is, we that's really all hunch for all of us. Yeah, we just sort of can't see it happening. At the same time, our guess is really good for nothing if we don't know what was happening at the end. <laughs> right. Well, I'll say this, though. Like, I mean, based on interviews and things that Daniel Bryan's done while he was there, that's why I don't see him going anywhere else. Um, I see him being in WWE for a little while, whether it's a producer or something like that. I just don't see him being completely done with the company. And then I know the big one that people are thinking about is AEW. I really don't see him going over there because even though they have, you know, big matches for him to take, you know, you think about um, Daniel Bryan, Kenny Omega being number one on top of people's list. You just got to think that, you know, Brie Bella and maybe even Daniel Bryan, they saw what happened with that Matt Hardy incident versus Sammy Guevara. And they saw that other gentleman, get knocked out and being laid out in the middle of the ring and people continue to wrestle around him. And then that might have raised some safety concerns. Whereas like as much as Daniel Bryan loves wrestling, Bree as the voice of reason is just like you, you can't work for a company that allows that to happen. Well, it'll be very, very interesting to see if he, cause if he does show up SGG, if we, if those imaginary conversations that you just created in your head don't happen and he does show up. It's a problem. Yeah. Well, 
Do you see him showing up in AEW long term, or do you see him going on a world tour? Because I could see that too, a Daniel Bryan world tour. Like he has these one-off feuds in different promotions. Yeah, I mean that's possible. I mean, although, how much does he really want to go around the world right now with his two little kids? I, I don't know how much he wants to do that. Right, that's true. I mean, AEW schedule is pretty easy. Go to Jacksonville one day a week. Go home. Um, you know. Or or none of it, or show up for one thing, or you know, or come back to WWE for one more run, or or whatever it is. I mean, what a shame though that his life. If this was the end of his time in WWE, it was all with no fans, except for WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, which was a great match at least. At least if it was his last great match, it was a great match. How much do you think that impacts? Like, what? what how much do you think he cares that no fans were there for the last match? Um, I think, I think, I think that's something that they all care about. I I think the feeling it's performing for no one. They're performers at the end of the day. So, you know, I mean, one of the reasons the rock has been coming back to wrestling all of these years and always shows his goosebumps is because it gives you goosebumps. It's the real deal. Like it's not recording a movie on set. It's in performing in front of people. And for basically so much of the last year, they've been, it's been a set. Yeah. It's a closed set that they just perform in. So I think it does make a difference, and I think he would be probably a little bummed out about that. Um, You know, we were just fantasizing, though, and I'll tell you what, though. AEW is doing well right now numbers-wise. I have my own, you know, criticisms of AEW right now, of course, but I'll say this. SGG, would even you acknowledge that if CM Punk and Daniel Bryan were to both sign to AEW, WWE would have an issue. Yes, an, an, an issue in the immediate, because obviously like, it all depends on what they do with it. But even, even with CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, though, I feel like they could do anything, and it would be a like, do-no-wrong situation. And even if it's just one of them, even if it's just CM Punk or Daniel Bryan, it's like no matter what they do with them, they would be a problem. It's it's this is now a dangerous area to me. Like there, there are a couple people out in the world. In fact, if if I'm WWE, I'm doing everything possible to make the punk thing happen. Like as soon as as soon as they're able to open up doors again and have people back in, I would if you're going to do SummerSlam outside, whatever it is, I believe it is if there's an in glass, you know, smash this, uh, I'm ruining the phrase, break in, in, case, in case of emergency. emergency, a break in case of emergency situation. I don't know that they have that with CM Punk, but my feeling always is that, listen, he came back and he did the little Fox Sports stuff, all right? And they had to sign off on it. So at least on their end, everyone they're, did. Good, with, they're good with Punk. And he, he did it too. He could have not wanted to be a part of that show. That was WWE True. programming. That, I think the rationale that a lot of people say was like, well, he's working for Fox, so it's completely separate, quote unquote. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, completely separate. Hosted all by WWE talent. And I, I <laughs> right. know for a fact that there were WWE producers on set during that show. So it's a, it's a WWE show, and he was back for that. So the door is open. You're saying it's not a forbidden door? No, it's not a forbidden door. It's, I, listen, and by the way, if CM Punk is not in conversation with one of the two wrestling companies about having one comeback, 
he's an idiot. Like he doesn't even deserve. Like, yeah. if I'm not saying, listen, live your own life, be your own man. He is brave. He went out there and got his ass whooped in UFC. It was crazy. I would have never done it. It's terrifying. Props to him. He lives his life the way he wants to. He seems happy. All good. But from a, this is a wrestling podcast. So when you talk wrestling legacy and you talk about making money. That if, second one is bigger than the first one too, by the way. If Punk isn't considering right now, I, I would play them both against each other and getting the biggest comeback payday in history. Punk could potentially get the biggest payday in history to return. Yeah. He, the, here's the here's why I think we're gonna just have to call him an idiot in in history though. Like when it all goes down, is because Punk is is he's just not as smart as John Cena, right? He's not gonna go back and say, "Well, I looked at things a certain way and I was wrong, and now I'm gonna do this." He hated part timers. He hated the thought of a part timer coming back and getting the spotlight and a big payday. But right now, I think that's all that's left for CM Punk. And I bring up John Cena because John Cena was very anti Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He went to Hollywood. He left us. I'm here picking up the mantle. We don't need him. Where is John Cena right now? Doing the same thing. And every time somebody brings that up, he says, you know what? I was young and dumb. And I don't see CM Punk. I see CM Punk digging in his heels even more than just going back and saying, you know what? I was young and dumb with what I said about the part-timers. They have their place. And now that I'm in that spot, you know, I apologize for the comments or whatever Whatever he needs to say to clean it up so that he can do it. I don't think he's going to say it or do it. He would ha- It would have to be like a full-time thing, which I don't see him doing. Well, if he's going to come back, I could see him doing it full-time. I could see him, I could see him saying, what is he, 45 now, 43? I believe 43. How old is CM Punk? CM Punk is 42 years old. Thank you. He's 42. He'll be 43 in October. In October. So, he does have time. He does have time. It's somewhat limited time. But he could still come back for a two-year run if he wanted to, something like that. Do you really see him, like every day why not like that's all he's ever done this isn't like it's not as if he what is he having some great hollywood success no but i mean who knows what his money situation is like if he just like enjoying the life chilling in the crib with aj lee writing or like no i mean whatever punk's probably, do, i don't know what they cm do. punk's probably sitting on a few million dollars a few million dollars Right, but everybody's level of what's comfortable is different because even Brock is sitting on millions upon millions, but he doesn't need it to just be on the farm doing whatever he does. No, that's right. I mean, Brock will be fine with a couple hundred thousand. Right, Brock. If Brock, if Brock had only made two million dollars, he could live forever and probably be fine. Instead, yeah. he's probably got you know thirty million dollars, whatever Brock probably has. So, so send us the twenty-eight million that you don't need, Brock. Realistically, it's a good point. You would still be fine. You really would be good. So, but no, but listen, you know, Punk lives in Chicago. He's in his early 40s. Him and AJ don't have kids yet. I don't know if they're planning on having kids. You know, 
he could probably use a nice, you know, sit on 15, 20, 25 million instead of what, five? Am I am I way, or do you think I'm crazy to suggest Punk has five million? No, because he's, he's has been very generous in the past. Like, he bought Joey Mercury a house, you know, so who knows? If I mean, he's a great like he's guy. Care. Yeah, yeah, of course. But that's uh, to your point. Yeah, he's probably just sitting on a few mil. Why not grab another 10, 15? Yeah. So uh, it, I'm very, very curious. Very curious to see if anyone makes a play and, and, and if Daniel Bryan is interested in more or not. You know, he finally got the clearances he needed. I feel like he would have been able to have whatever matches he wanted to have in WWE. So I, I don't really fully understand if he would be disgruntled. You know, like, doesn't it feel like Daniel Bryan was pretty much always near the top of the card when he's around? Yes. I yes, mean, yes. <laughs> so I don't know what the issue is. I don't know if it's a matter of him just being done. You know, maybe maybe that's the real deal, or maybe this is just a little, I want a break. My contract's up. We'll get back to it in a little while. We'll let people speculate. You know, Nikki and Bree are thinking about coming back, et cetera, et cetera. Let's give right. it a little time. Because, so. yeah, like you said, too, he has two kids, and he's been very vocal in interviews about wanting to be around his kids more. So it could just be that. SGG, uh, what happened on WWE television this week? Anything worth discussing? Well, before we get to in-ring bell-to-bell moments from Raw and SmackDown, we do have to talk about, I mean, you are the GOAT broadcaster. Mm-hmm. That's You're right. wearing a, a sweatshirt commemorating the life and career of the, the GOAT boxer, Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. That's correct. And you were seen on television discussing the life and career of one of the goats in professional wrestling, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. So a great we should point. at least talk a little bit about that. How how that opportunity come about, Pete? Um, you know, I th- I've done a bunch of these little things now over the years. I guess um, I can't, although I can't at this moment remember the last one I did. Um, and and I don't really know how people reach out, but they do. They get your contact probably from WWE people, and so I recorded that one a very long time ago. I mean, that was like, you know, two years ago. Really? And yeah. I was not in a good way when I did that. I was still not feeling great. No, maybe maybe not two years. Yeah, close to two years. Close to two years. If you look close in the part when I'm talking about Savage and Elizabeth being divorced, I was inches from being like, <gasps> <laughs> no. I was right there. Oh, my goodness. I was like, imagine being Macho Man and Elizabeth and getting divorced. That was the space I was in. Why do you think my my facial hair was so long? (laughs) I noticed that. So I was like, all right, they caught him when he was busy just working. I haven't had that look going in a long time. So um, I don't even remember that it existed, but I don't remember. There aren't a lot of pictures from that era of me, period. (laughs) So, um, So I did that one. But then much later, like, during the pandemic, I did the HBK one and the Ultimate Warrior one. I was supposed to do the Brett one. I have a whole email chain. I, I'm actually like the guy who did is directing the Brett one is is someone I've been an acquaintance of for a long time. And we went back and forth and I just was never we weren't able to ever get it done. Um, which, I hate to say it, but uh, I mean, without you or me and you, or some combination of the two on the Brett one, it's just not going to be as good. It's like, it can't be. It would, it's, it, it'll be missing something. 
I it mean, will be. But listen, if they if they just leave out Bubba the Love Sponge, I think it'll be it'll be shoot to the top. It'll it'll at least have something that the Savage One didn't have. So there was a lot of conversation about the Savage One and how good it was, and a lot of people coming out and calling it a hit job. Um, I don't think it was a hit job. I I thought it came up short as of a hit job too. Like I. I understand people didn't like the the gorgeous George part and the WCW stuff, um, and how kind of his where his life went at that point. And they had a lot of if you didn't see it, I recommend it. Um, they're all on A and E, and they all I think they're all on demand. If you yeah. if you watch, I mean, you know, Bubba buries him, but Bubba also apologizes and kind of says that he was an a hole to him. Um, he shouldn't have been it. He's a at all. He's you a don't, sloppy like, you don't need him loser. There's no need for Bubba the Love Sponge. He's a nobody fatso loser. I didn't even realize he was on the radio that long to have he, been it, it's, like it. Oh, he's been around for a long time. I've never heard him do a radio show. It's just everything I ever hear about him is something that's just I mean, whatever. And the way the way he talked about Savage while Savage is gone was just repug. So they didn't need him. I admit that. But besides that, like, do you One want... One issue that I had, too, though, was um, Jerry Lawler, too. When Jerry... Jerry got some facts mixed up. We'll just say that. Because like, he says, you know, they... they uh, Randy Savage didn't show up for Raw, and they were looking for him, and then they turn on the TV, and he's on Nitro. Except Randy Savage debuted in WCW, like, almost a year before Nitro was even a thing. So it's not possible that Vince turned on the TV on Monday night and saw him on the competition. Like it just, it just straight up didn't happen. That story is just impossible. Couldn't have happened. Now I know there was the moment though, when Vince went on TV and wished Randy Savage luck though, that clip that they showed, which I always, that exists. That's the real thing. So it's just that he messed up the timeline and what the shows were. Yeah, because Savage probably showed up on like a Saturday or something. That's exactly what it was. It was a Saturday night. Savage showed up. Um, By the way, I I love Saturday night wrestling shows. I love the WCW Saturday shows are really fun to watch on the network. They had everybody like you never knew who was going to show up. And, you know, it was dope from a commentator standpoint. Yeah. Tony Schiavone and uh, Jesse Ventura. Just a just a fun, fun show. I love those. So, yeah. Okay, so I hear you. And also, Jerry Lawler just didn't make complete sense as a regular voice. But listen, I'm sure everyone has a different opinion. As I thought he was mostly good in it. Because um, the Memphis stuff I didn't know about. Right. So that, so that was cool. Um, but I don't know what people, what did people think was the hit job exactly? Just the fact that they used dumbass Bubba the Love Sponge? Or like, did they think that they shouldn't have talked about the gorgeous George stuff? That's what it was. But I mean, it's part of the story. Like, listen, I love Macho Man. He's a complicated character for sure. But one thing that you cannot deny is that there's been a lot said about him in his personal life and you can't ignore it. Even by the way, even Gorgeous George didn't bury him in the thing. <laughs> right. Like even she was right. like, listen, he did some bad stuff, but he did some great stuff. Like he was a great guy. I don't want the bad stuff to overshadow who he was. So let's be real. If Elizabeth, if Miss Elizabeth was here, God rest her soul. What do we think she would have said about the stuff in the eighties and like being locked in the room and like things that people, those stories that are out there everywhere. 
what what do we think she would have said? So then we're gonna be like, oh, Miss Elizabeth put a did a hit job on Randy Savage too. That's what that's that's what I'm truth. saying. I didn't I didn't understand the people like Conrad, Sam, Dave LaGreca. Oh, this was a hit job. I was like, hit job? I mean, a hit job would have said would have been saying that he wasn't the man. Like in right. in no way right. did it say that he wasn't an incredible talent. And in fact, it didn't even all out say he was a bad guy. I thought wow. at all. I mean, all I know is every clip of mine was praising him like he was God, except for his commentary. <laughs> right. kept, yeah. it, kept it a buck. I can't believe they kept that in there. It's true. Like you said, you just have to think, man, with these documentaries, WWE is, is sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because they did the Andre documentary that I thought was great. And everybody was like, work. They had to just fill their narratives, blah, blah, blah. I, I, you, and I know. And then, and if, then they and, give this super honest portrayal of Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, well, like, obviously they hate him. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. What? I mean, I, I don't really know. Listen, was it perfect? No, no doc is. You you get the people who you think tell an interesting story. Um, You know, love Dan Soder. That was a lot of Dan Soder, uh, who's a funny guy, but doesn't. He was hilarious. Like, although, but they, 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 they crushed him by using his stuff at the end about his death. Like, I don't know why they kept that part in. Somebody has some pretty dark humor on that one. Yeah. Like, and by the way, and I felt for Dan because you're sitting there and you talk for so long that they may have you start riffing about something and you're like, well, this isn't getting used. Yes, it is. So it's it's making the cut a thousand percent. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I don't listen. What, what, what it's hard to decide who has what place and i think they could have had a few more credible wrestling people more credible than myself or dan soder to to tell some of the stories um and and really give the history and, and more credible than hogan too yeah let's be honest who has yeah. we all know has mixed credibility this is a long way of saying though calm down it was not a hit job i got news for you people's lives are, are not they're messy you think that was a hit job what's ultimate warrior going to be like yeah Right. And this and WWE has put out a DVD telling you that Ultimate Warrior was trash and another DVD telling you that he was the greatest. So this could go either way. Right. And it probably go both. And you're going to and you're going to say it's a hit job or, you know, everyone's just looking for that right thing to say. I. I thought it was I thought it was pretty well done. So and I got to tell you, I, I uh I enjoyed the the episode of uh, Lost Treasures with Jerry Lawler afterwards. Yeah, that's a fun show too, man. Like WWE and A and E. I hope this partnership expands next year, and we get some more biographies on people that we haven't talked about. Some more Lost Treasures because this is a this is fun. They got a good thing going. I I enjoyed that episode a lot. I really thought the and listen. I'll be honest. I have watched the Lawler Kaufman stuff so many times and it never bores me like i'm just always it's just so good it was such a great moment in wrestling history that i'm always here so if you have an excuse to just give us more lawler kaufman i am here for it and i really enjoyed i really enjoyed the episode um only more lawler kaufman though not more lawler more lawler kaufman less lawler more lawler kaufman yeah, yes, yes, yes. Although I will tell you, Triple H made the point in it, and it is true. When you really look at it and we remove the horrible jokes that plague us to this day, and you just talk about the overall impact, Jerry Lawler's career is something else. Yeah. I mean, 
his own he booked the territory and crushed it in Memphis and became the man and then had inter, and then had national success with the Andy Kaufman thing and then comes to WWE and is just an absolute pillar of the product for the next 30 years yeah while still doing wrestling and little stuff on the side right never stopped never stopped wrestling and in wwe had a few pretty cool moments too yeah isn't it funny isn't it funny that like at the time you probably thought he was so old to be feuding with brett I did. And it, he was what, like my age? <laughs> I thought he, I was like, why is this old, is this old man doing? Yo, like, that's crazy when you think about it. How old do you think Jerry Lawler is right now? 70? I think he's 70. I think he's like high 60s, mid to late 60s. And we're so dumb as kids because you don't really know. Jerry Lawler was born. He's 71. He was born. His haircut, though, man. He didn't have like a. A youthful, you know what I mean? No. So he's born in 49. So when he came back and was having that feud with Brett, when he came here, I should say, he was 44. He was having like, you know, what CM Punk would be if CM Punk came back. That's what Lawler was. And at the time, it was like, this guy, wow. Um. Anyways, SGG, you want to tag in your partner right now? He's reaching out. SGG is reaching out. Make the tag. Oh, uh, he's coming in. He's coming in like Rick Martell and Can Am Connection confirmed. <laughs> I'm grabbing at my hair. My my knees are going up. <laughs> <laughs> the knee going up, hair grabbing of the millennium. Oh boy, Dipperson, have you watched any wrestling this week? Yeah, I watched everything. Now you've watched it all. Yeah, I watched it. I watched it all except I couldn't get all the way through the Pillman Dark Side of the Ring. I got. I, I can't believe I'm only like 45 minutes in, and so much has happened in this guy's life. Wait, but I had is no this, clue. Is this different a, than the original? Uh, is this different than the original Pillman Vice Doc? This is the updated one. But I, I, I watched the first one. I don't know, but you, I, I don't really remember. But I will tell you, I had no idea how crazy and difficult this guy's life was. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, he seemed like a great guy. But I'm just saying, you know, Steve Austin vouches for him like many times. I wonder how much uh, I wonder how much uh, OBO um, Ted wrestling for sale would be selling that gold chain. The, uh, the oh. Hollywood Blonde gold chain. Well, I got to tell you, the, the fact that Ted has and posted a, a Hollywood Blonde shirt is psychosis. I'm begging him currently right now to um, to sell me the Wrestle War 89 shirt that he has which is like the first event i ever watched the first wrestling event i ever watched wrestle 89 yeah but he can't give that to you but but he can't give that to you it's 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 one of his top 250 shirts the dip it's a it's turquoise it's stunning it's a i mean it's you wear it to the the met gala the the amount of things that ted now posts in his personal nfs thing like that are so psychotic like it gets to a certain point and you're like it's it's endless. It's an end. He could wear an NFS perfection, ridiculous shirt what, every day of the year. It's time for him to open a store on Melrose. It really might be. I mean, just to display things. 
No, I mean honestly, the whole it, thing is just his personal collection, not for sale. Well, no, if he that's the, the you know what the biggest problem is not for sale. <laughs> that's what's killing him. Wrestling not for sale. Yeah, that's his new name. Your new name is Wrestling Not For Sale because if let me tell you one thing, if you opened a store on Melrose and he sold the two because he would lie right now. I only have I, I have fifty shirts. I, I, I keep fifty. That's it. I, that's all I have for myself. He's got he's got to be he's got to have hundred and fifty to two hundred of his high level things that he's has for himself. Did you see the head shrinkers shirt? He yes, that, that was oh for sale though. That was for sale. I know who has that though. I mean, I've never seen that before. He never stops getting stuff. So my he's getting and getting my point. He's getting and getting. My point is, pick the fifty that you need for yourself. Fifty, not two hundred. Fifty that you need. You put the rest in the store. You're going to keep getting stuff. It, he could legitimately have a shop. It could just be called Ted's Wrestling Shop of Los Angeles. It would sell and sell and sell. You think? I think, and I think, and I think you would, I think you at some you point throw events there. You have, it, a, be, it would be mage. You have events there. You add figures, toys, you know, like not, not, you don't make it a full, like weird, full toy shop, but cool, vintage, hard to find stuff. I, I think it's very doable or guess what? We do it ourselves. We kill Ted. We take all of his shirts and we sell them ourselves. What are your thoughts? I've thought about it. I've, I've thought about, uh, a, a, a terrible crime to in order to to make his personal collection not for sale, my personal collection not for sale. <laughs> He's got to be popping so hard right now. We just did a full five minutes on killing Ted. I want to give a shout. I have to before we start talking about figures. I have to give a shout out to a mage Dipperstein Mark and cheap. This is the whole show years. now has just become you shouting. You're just like Ted. You're the show now is just you shouting out people who give you feel figures. Well, you know what? They deserve it. Daniel Freiberg, thank you. <laughs> what did he send you? He sent me a re a blue shirt referee, a Hawaiian shirt, SD Jones, and the very difficult to find and quite expensive, I must say, red shirt Hogan. Did he, did he How much did he charge you? I can't disclose the amount. Oh, but you paid. You did pay. I can't disclose. You can So it might have been gratis and you won't tell us? It might have been gratis and I won't tell you. I don't know. I can't, I can't wow. disclose. Wow. Yeah, Welcome kayfabe. To the shoot, Arrow baby. Kayfabe only. Stop yourself. So, so, so. Also had a wrestling theme bar mitzvah. This guy. Okay. Where did he find you? Uh, there's a podcast called Cheap Heat. Right. Where you know, mage people talk about wrestling. He listens to it. People Stop love the podcast. People. They love it. He heard me about. He heard about it from that. Have you ever heard it? It's a great podcast. I see. Uh huh. Did he then follow up on Instagram is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, Big yeah. DM. With an exclusive world premiere of our brand new block slaughter. Oh, I see. That is very, very exciting. Okay. Yeah. I'm so glad that this podcast has brought all your dreams to you. It's true. A thousand percent. It really has. Look at you now. You've got almost every LJN. I'm only missing Boss Man Haku and the Slaughter Malloway. That's it. I got it all. I got everything else. You know what we're going to do right now? Because we're, we're, since, let's be honest, there's nothing to talk about in wrestling. Um, blood and guts. <laughs> all right. We'll talk about blood and guts. And then I'm going to open a pack of 1989 cards fresh from the pack. What are your thoughts? I love the idea. Let's do it. I think you're insane. I, you know what? Let me tell you something. 
people think I'm insane with the with the collecting and the thing. You're insane too. I gotta tell you. Why? You're buying boxes. Oh yeah. You're, I'm you're buying, buying up cards you're galore. You're nuts. You've lost it. You've lost your mind. Look at you. I listen, I've always got so there's always something going on. And and I, I admit I got the eighty five tops box, which I still don't even have in my hand. The dude still has it. I gotta get it from. And now what? yeah, I don't have it in hand yet. I gave him the it's money. So weeks ago. The moment I know that something is coming in the mail wrestling wise, I'm literally peering out every five minutes. I'm well, he's, but he's coming. He's bringing it to me. We just haven't made the plans to get together yet. I'm you not. Want I, you want me to have my assistant reach out and make the plan? <laughs> Only if I listen, I want him to just bring it and drop it off at my house. I need it immediately. But so I, I here's the problem. I am so into the cards and I'm I've been easing my way into talking about it on the podcast because the second I start really talking about the cards in the podcast, let's be honest, 75% of people listening, they're all going to do it. They they will not be able to resist the joy of cracking open these old cards. It's a lot it, of fun. I, it's so funny. I'm too scared to crack open these cards. I, you, you know my story about the 89 classics, the, cla- the classic cards? Okay. So it, during my, my wrestling bar mitzvah, mm-hmm. as part of the centerpieces for the bar mitzvah, First of all, I had every single table was a different. I think I maybe said this before. I'm not yes, sure. Of course every, you single, have. every single table was a different event. WrestleMania, you know, uh, SummerSlam, you know, the the, more, the most repug people at the place were Slamboree. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, whatever the repug WCW paper, Super Brawl, you know, some of the lesser ones. And then I had like the mate, like in, in cardboard, I had the mage matches. So it was like, you know, Hogan and, and, and and warrior were the main one, whatever. But in the on the like on each table, I had rest all my whole collection of wrestling cards, which of course we didn't know would be worth anything at the you know at the time or whatever. But my my mother took all of the all of my like wrestling cards, the eighty nine cards, and gave them to the party planner, and she like put them on the table as like a decoration Ooh. and like glued them together. And like I know they're gone with the wind, but I still have like a whole book of, I think the whole set. And I think I have, I have tons and tons of loose ones and I have a huge wrestling card collection. It's, it's somewhere in the, in the, in the garage right now. So the, the wrestling cards are very interesting, like figuring out which sets are worth a lot. And then what does worth a lot mean, right? Like, does it mean anything if you have, a Bret Hart 1987, the, the rookie card, Bret Hart card. If, Probably not. If it's if it's not in absolute stunning, gorgeous, perfectly centered condition, no. It doesn't really do very much for you. So no. that's the heart. But if you have one of those cards in gorgeous, stunning condition, they start to gain some value. Look at this item that I bought recently. Okay. Ready? Yeah. 2014. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, it's going to get blurred. I, I think it's a Brody Lee thing. I can't really see it, though. It's, it's yeah, I, it's I'm Hold on. I'll switch cameras here. So a sign Brody Lee thing. It is the Luke Harper rookie card authentic autograph. Would you pay for that? I'd rather not disclose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Understood. I'd rather not disclose. But here you go. I'll take I'll, I'll show you here. I'll show you on this camera so you can see it. I see, uh-huh. A beautiful boot. Oh, yeah, he's giving a beautiful boot. Stunning boot. Um, I also recently got the 2020 this year, the autographed Rhea Ripley rookie card. Oh, she's she's a great guy. She's a great 
Um, yeah, yeah. I didn't care for her promo this week, but um, t- t- tell us about it. Uh, I, I, I mean, the show was so thin. It look, was at pa- look at these. Look at these. Look at these packs. Those packs up a storm. Oh my god! Don't touch them. What are you touching? Packs You're getting your fingerprints on the packs. There's packs and packs. I know. Should I just sell these packs to cheap heat listeners? And we open them together. Maybe. They're beautiful. I mean, stunning. So you bought that whole? Did you buy that online on eBay? Sure, I did. This whole box. Look at that, oh. 36 packs. Can nice. I have the box when you're done with it? Sure, what do you want to do with the box? Huh? What do you want to do with the box? I want to display it in the massive museum that is about to be Dipperstein Towers 2.0 on May 18th. <laughs> May 18th? It's, it's, it's going to be a museum. I'm, op- I'm, I'm opening a museum. By the way, you should just open Ted's store in your house. I have. I'm, I have a room for it. I have rooms upon rooms in the new Dipperstein Towers. So, so Rhea Ripley, you were not into Rhea Ripley's promo. I mean, the whole Raw this week was really, it was like a house show. Uh, you know, it was like repug match after repug match. I mean, it just was not, um, it, it, it just it did not hold my interest in any way. I mean, I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, like the Alexa thing was my favorite thing. And now I'm just, I'm bored with it already. It's, it's like, what is she going to do? She's going to, she's like me with the LJNs. I'm, I'm talking to the LJNs every day. That's all she does is talk to the stall. She talks to LJNs. Yeah, I would like her to talk to LJNs. That would be more interesting than talking to the doll. I, I'm remi- she's not saying anything interesting. I'm reminding myself of the show. You had the MVP Adam Pierce, uh, Sonya Deville, Braun Drew thing, which was whatever. I don't even know. It was a that was nothing. Um, I'll put it to you. This- yeah, AJ and almost in the new day. They had a match. Uh, AJ and Omos won. More Sonya Deville backstage. Caleb Braxton with Bobby Lashley and MVP. The, peop- the, the guy doing the best work on the show is MVP. He's the most genuine. He's got the best voice. He's got the most charisma. He's the only person, in my opinion, doing incredible work right now. It, Mansoor debuted. Cool. Got Eva Marie you. came back, which is interesting and, and unexpected. I, I, I'm, I'm shocked. I, I wish she would have just come back as a surprise and we didn't need to see a promo. It would have been cool to just see her attack Charlotte or something. That would have been awesome. Oh, my God. Look, it's Eva Marie. Whoa, whoa. That would have been awesome. Of course, well, no, they didn't. That's, they did that's never. That no are you crazy? Huh? That's never done. It's never going to happen again. It's it's it. It'll, I don't know if it'll ever be done again. We It'll ha- never happen again. We They'll have never just to get. get we return. have to get the promo, the advertised. They're coming back promo. What do you think is going to happen when Eva Marie shows up? Now that it's been promoted, what she's going to she's going to premiere and she's going to wrestle a few jobbers or she's going to wrestle you know a few jobber adjacent women. And she'll eventually have a program with somebody and it'll be boring and it'll be non-existent and that'll be that. And then she'll be, you know, people will boo her. Hope, you know, hopefully not. I, I always liked her. I always thought she was cool and interesting. Well, I imagine you people. Know, I'd, like I imagine. I'd, like, I'd like to see her do something with Carmella. Where's Carmella? Can we get Carmella out there again? I would love to see Carmella out there. Car- Carmella's mage. Carmella's not has not been around very much. It's time for Carmella to come back. And make an but impact. they already did that. They just did it. That's know, the hard part. They just did it. Okay, it worked, and then they got rid of her. So right. I don't know what is going on. So now you got to convince them to do it again. Yep. It's, I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. It's a. It's really frustrating that that's the situation. Why was she gone again immediately? It makes no sense. 
I don't know, man. But then they ended the show with like, there's going to be a huge match, a big explosive match next week. The big main event is Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. Like, dude, like, oh my God, bro. I, I It's like, People. why am I tuning in to watch that match again? Why? Because at the pay-per-view, you're also going to get Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman. Oh boy. Oh boy. I, I, I this is, it is, I've never uh, seen that the sort of conversation that people are having about Raw right now is not what you're looking for. Drew will win the title back at Backlash. No. Maybe. No. no. And then you can have another two months of Bobby Lashley trying to chase it from him again. And then Braun Strowman, they'll do a triple threat at SummerSlam. Seth Rollins needs to be involved with 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 Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. That's what the internet's saying. That's the only logical. They're saying thing it's happening, or that it should happen. It should happen. Yeah. Somebody somebody posted um, on you know you scroll down and you see things that you should be looking at on Instagram. Well, I did that this week, and I will tell you there was a mage post. Go ahead from somebody. Go ahead. Um, I'm going to read this because this is this is exact. This makes a lot of sense to me. Okay. Okay. Main event is Seth Rollins. This is the, you know just fantasy booking. Fantasy Seth booking. Rollins, okay. Yeah, Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. Great. I'm here for it as long as they build the story. Co-main is Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. Never going to happen, but I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Mage. Okay. Yep. Rhea Ripley versus Becky. Mage. Triple threat. Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks. Great. Mage. I, Mage. It's something. The Fiend versus Edge. Great. I would watch that. Fiend versus Edge, I'd watch. AJ and Omos versus Drew and Sheamus. Perfect. It's time for Drew to be in the mid card. See you there. Sounds good to me. I'll t- I'll t- I would take that. And I would buy them as tag team champions as well. If they took it from AJ and Omos. I would, t- I would buy that. I would buy that. What, Drew and Sheamus? Yeah, I'm down with that. By the way, I, Drew and Sheamus as a tag team would be mage. It, mage. All, all of a sudden, they go from being sort of floating around the mid card aimlessly to mage tag team. Agreed. I, can I say the one, th- and, and speaking of that, the one thing I like right now, I like RK bro. Me too. I'm into I it. I love it. I'm into it too. You know how I feel about Matt Riddle based on the last two weeks of me cavelling and cavelling. I mean, yeah, you're cavelling and cavelling and cavelling. I, I'm, I'm, there's, I'm, I can cavell and cavell again. He did a great, he had a great performance this week as well. And I like that Randy Orton sort of like, whoever came up with the idea of like Randy Orton sort of like respecting him as a wrestler. I like that. I'm down with that idea, that notion, that sentiment. That's something that, that's something that I can, you know, that hits different. You think it hits different? I would, pay, I would pay raccoons to see them wrestle together in person. I'll tell you what. Matt Riddle and Randy Orton, RK Bro versus Sheamus and Drew for the tag championships at SummerSlam. That's something. Yeah, that's, that's something. There's two more. Aleister Black versus Kevin Owens for the IC title. Fun. Sure. And then US title, Keith Lee versus Randy Orton. Fine. Nah. Keith will come back. Keith yeah, whatever. 
Keith they Lee already did. Keith Lee and Randy point. Orton already happened. It was not exciting. We got, we got, um, you know, Alistair Black coming back. We got the fiend, whatever he comes in, comes in doing. He next. comes, he comes and comes. Doing. Wait, huh? Nothing. He's coming and coming. We got Keith Lee coming back, who I like in some capacity. I hope they do something with him. You know, I don't know. There's a few things leading up to SummerSlam that could be interesting. But as of right now, I mean the the buying time with the with the interim like Braun situation with Drew and Lesh, I, I'm so like, sick. I, I, there's so much interim waiting stuff always. I Gavolt and Hemel. I let's 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 make let's just keep meaningful things happening. God, there was a time all the way up until like oh four. It was, there was a time back in the day they would go. Everything mattered on the show. Everything mattered here. It all mattered. I don't care who you... It was was Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, The Rock. By the way, beautiful season finale to Young Rock. I know you haven't been watching. Tear jerk. I'm a few few episodes back. I mean, God, the show should win best... Let me tell you something. It's a beautiful show. The show should be nominated for best comedy series at the Emmys. I agree. It's a Ted wonderful Lasser it's a win. wonderful little show. It is a one Young Rock is a wonderful little program. I strongly recommend it. My mother texts me every week. Did you see Young Rock? Have you watched Young Rock? That's she's, when you know. She's watching and watching. Watching and watching up a storm. I think it's appointment television for her. It is for me. Every week. I love Young Rock. I'm a huge fan. And I'm one of the biggest rock guys in the biz today, and I haven't even seen all the episodes. It it really choked me up. I'm like saving up. them up for like a binge, or like a Saturday binge of fun. Well, here's That's the, what I'm my waiting. only problem with Young Rock is it is the shortest show of the millennium. I know it Beautiful. is. It is weekly so short. I'm trying to set this thing up. Oh, oh, I think I did it. Look at this. Look, a, per- a perfect crack. <gasps> Look at the that. display! I can put it out in the store! Look at that, it's gorgeous! <laughs> <laughs> the grumpy old Jewish man. All right, here we go. This is the pack that's opening. Okay. What Make are your it teeth? a nice rip. I used to do it with my teeth. That's not how you want to do it. It's a terrible mistake. All right, let me... Let wait, me. wait, hold on, hold on. Put it to your forehead, and let's let's predict what the first card will be. All right, I got to get the little the little top loaders to... Oh, wait, I have them. I have them. I have the, I have the bags. Okay, here we go. Okay, do you know what I would love you to pull right now? Hmm. Oh, ready? A Widowmaker. I used to love the Widowmaker. Who's the Widowmaker? That's Barry Windham's gimmick in 1990 and 1989. Wow. So, so let me just if tell you. If I pull quick, it, it'll be for you. Let me tell you a quick story real quick before you do this. Two seconds. So in so I, I was never a good eater when I was, when I was younger. Shocking. Okay, I was never a good eater. You were sending things and back. Sending and sending. I was not a good eater. And so in order to get me to eat, when we were sitting at the dinner table, mm-hmm. whoever was there, my parents, my grandfather, my grandmother, they used to read a fact from one of the 1989 classic cards, okay? Like he is 240 pounds and from Amarillo, Texas, or he is whatever, or his, his, his finishing move is the pile driver. And I used to have to guess who it was. And if I guessed right... I would take a bite. <laughs> That's how deep I go, my Wait, friend. But wouldn't it be okay? the opposite? Wouldn't it be that if they if you got it wrong, they made you take a bite? 
Yeah, but that was the game that we played. <laughs> they tricked you. You weren't very bright. Yeah. A lot of wrestling information. That's it. Wow. That's all, right. all I knew. All right, here we go. So let's pull a Widowmaker, baby. I want a clean center. So the, the thing is, there are a few valuable cards in here. There, a lot of these are not centered well. So let's pull a centered Gem Mint 10 Ultimate Warrior Rookie. Because these are the first Ultimate Warrior cards. I see, uh-huh. My heart is pounding with anticipation. Mm, the first card is a gorgeous, stunning item. You're a professional ripper. Look at that. A yeah. stunning rip. A perfect cut. Oh, yeah. I know that card. You've, you've seen it before. Here he dip. I he's, own it. He's seven foot four, 520 pounds. He's from Grenoble, French Grenoble in Alps. the French Alps. <laughs> I'm taking a bite. Take a bite right now. His who's his least favorite animal? Snake. That's right. <laughs> now, you know who we're referring to, right? GP Universe. I got to tell you, this is one of the most perfectly centered cards. Nah, the bottom's not perfect, but we're gonna put it in the top loader right here. So funny that you're. I don't think these are worth anything. No, they're worth they nothing. But at the same time, I respect the cards. I'm putting them in plastic. Like oh, you have to I old I open old baseball and hockey cards. If it's a player I don't know, I chuck it like it's bullshit. However, <laughs> I pull out a loose Haku card, it's going in plastic. I respect it. I respect the wrestling loose card. Haku, of course. I have one for you. I have a mint. By the way, Haku. if anyone has a loose Haku LJ and let me know. <laughs> oh yeah. We ate we uh we ate we had the opportunity to eat with him a few weeks ago. We turned it down. He's six foot four. He's from Glen Falls, New York. Done. Easy. Famous wrestling move is his spear tackle adapted from his pro football days. Why don't you stop showing me the front, the cover and just read me some of the facts? Hey, it's a great idea. That's a very good idea. All right, here we go. People should be paying for this episode. This is a... This is tremendous. Highest level. Combined weight, 499 pounds. Orient Express. <laughs> from New Zealand. Uh, okay. Taking a bite on this one. It's so are. funny, I don't recall that um that card, the bush that bushwhackers card. It's a beautiful card. It's not. <laughs> I like that anything with the bushwhackers could be described as beautiful and stunning. No. They are two of the most repug human beings who've ever lived. Yeah. yeah. They're mage, by the way. Oh, yeah. I love them. Great guys. Would you let them lick your head right now? Uh, by the way, a thousand percent. In fact, in fact. After we go see the Barbarian, let's go see Luke, and we'll have him lick our heads. By the way, your head would be way nicer to taste than oh, mine. Oh, yeah, yeah, my, it's You have no hair. You have nothing. Yeah. You're bald. Confirmed. This, this, this man is listed at six foot eight, 303 pounds, from Venice Beach, California. <laughs> All you have to say is 303 pounds. I know it. Unfortunately, though, as I said to you, I don't know if you can tell from the distance, do you see how not centered it is? Yeah, that's really, I, of course, when I was a kid, I never noticed We never that. noticed that's, it. It's not remotely centered. It's garbage. So does that stop it from being gem mint? Correct. Whatever that means? 100%. It, oh, it, is, has to be, it has to be centered. Has to be centered. For it to be gem mint. Um, you, you could call it gem mint, but then you'd have to list it as off-center. So who wants off-center? Oh, I'm like, excuse me, excuse me. Disgusting. And this is not the Hogan card. This is number 144. It's the Hulkamania card, actually. It doesn't say Hulk Hogan. Uh, it says Hulkamania. Oh. All right, the next one. This Repug individual, six foot four, two hundred and seventy-one pounds, 
from San Francisco, California. Anything else? His move is the sleeper hold. Oh, uh, beefcake. That's right. Beautifully centered card, by the way. Gorgeous, gorgeous card. He's giving some jabron a haircut. <laughs> how's the haircut? How's the, how's the cut look? It looks it looks like he's just getting started. It's gonna oh, it's gonna be hours. Yeah. This next wrestler, if I know you, you're a you're a really big fan of. You think he's a great guy? Not personally, but I love that these packs all have 15 cards. Tremendous. 457 pounds from wow this is offensive the deepest darkest africa his famous wrestling move the avalanche we're talking about the dream baby the the african dream akim let me tell you let me tell you i loved akim my favorite akim was the longer haired akim early akim I loved Akeem. 166 pounds from Memphis, Tennessee. Come on. Who could be 166 pounds from Memphis, Tennessee? Red Rooster. Oh, Jimmy. Jimmy Hart. Gorgeous card, by the way. Really a lovely, gorgeous, stunning card. Stunning, beautiful. I loved it. He's a stunning, handsome man. And he's a great guy. He has a little bit of gap issues with his bottom teeth, according to this uh, week's treasures. Oh, you episode. noticed that? You want to talk to him about it? And the macho episode. I saw them in both. I'm yeah. going to skip ahead here uh, quickly. 271 pounds from Harlem, New York. Not stacked Bad eye, Greg. Brown. Uh, bad news, Brown. I'm sorry. That's bad news right there. I'm afraid I've got a little bit of... Let's. See. I wonder what the facts are for this one. Part of the World Wrestling Federation announced team, recognized as one of the best interviewers in the business today. Oh my God, this should be what this should be my card. <laughs> By the way, true, both are true of me. Mm-hmm. Gene, that's right. I have that card. It's a nice, beautiful shot of him. By the way, he looks great. Yeah, he was a, a terrific guy. How about this? This man. Oh, uh, uh, uh. Two hundred fifty pounds, six foot two. And bodyguard of the Million Dollar Man. Any ideas? <laughs> no. I, 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 who could it be? <laughs> I like these, by the way. As a kid, I didn't care. But since I'm enjoying collecting all of these, the logos. Yeah, the, I hated the logos when I got them. I was like, oh, God, what a waste. And now I think they're cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, ha- actually collecting these all seems fun. Um, that's Ultimate Warrior. I don't know, Dipperstein. Let's see how you feel about this. I got a second Virgil card in this pack. Are you kidding me? 273 pounds from the Isle of Tonga. Snooker. <laughs> oh, Haku. What am I saying? Well, do you have a do you have one of the things? You got to put it in one of the things. Yeah, I'll save this for you. I didn't I didn't mean Snooker. I meant Haku. Sorry. You sure that. did you? Because you disgraced yeah. yourself and your family. I know. How do you come back from this? I don't know. Now here's the question I have for the cheap heat universe, the ones who are still left. Are you loving every minute of this? Or are you going, this is the worst thing that's ever been recorded? It To me, it's so hard to tell. Well, that's why I love the podcast. It's a blurry line. Oh, my God. Some rip-huggery to end the pack. The secondary, 
the secondary Virgil. Yeah. How about this? 242 pounds, six foot tall from Brooklyn, New York. The brawler. That's right. But that's awesome, though. That's awesome. That is I know cool. that card. That's I've seen cool. that card. It's it's a beautiful card. Stunning card. The fact that he wears the Yankee shirt is pretty great. God, this roster and at this time, this is so – this is late 89, early 90. These these came out – Coco, beautiful card. These came out in – I mean, because I don't think there's a Powers of Pain card. There isn't one. Mm. Mm-hmm. I know there's no powers of pain card. I haven't seen one yet. I haven't seen a barbarian. There, there isn't one. So that means that it, they have to be like, does it say 89 or 90 on them? These are 89s. Mm-hmm. They, they, they were every other year at that point, the real sets. There was an 85 set. There was an 87 set. There's an 89 yeah, yeah. set. There's a 91 set. I have the whole 91 set. The blue one with the, you know, the, with the blue uh, outline. They're really nice. Um, no, I don't think that's those though. Isn't that 87? No, the blue outline. There's another, there's a blue outline with them too. Trust me. I gotta tell you white and blue. The best. I'll tell you what though. I think these 89s are the best looking cards they did. They're the, they're the best. They're the most colorful. They're the most interesting. They're They're really nice. Yeah. We'll go through some of my stuff when, uh, you know, when I move into the new house. Okay. I can't wait. Oh, you have all the cards in boxes somewhere now with, with you. Yeah, I have them. I have them. They're downstairs. But do you have any that you put in like real cases or you just slip them in albums? They're all loose in in like cartons and stuff. Oh, repug what you did. There's some stuff in albums. By the way, I got like baseball cards and albums. Listen, we're going to do, we're going to do, I'm going to save some of these packs. We're going to rip some packs with the cheap heat universe at some point. We're ripping packs up a storm. We're ripping and ripping. Yeah, that is, that's the, that's the terminology. Ripping and ripping. We didn't even talk about blood and guts. Blood and guts. Um, so what's Here's the what what's the main thing you want to say about blood and guts? The main thing I want to say is I thought it was I thought it was awesome. You know I you know I'm in for blood. So as soon as I see blood, someone blading, I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. But as entertaining and imaginative as they can be, sometimes when it comes to these big moments, they fail. They fail. The fall, although I respect it. And I love Jericho was so, I mean, I'm always saying this now in the last 10 years that all these falls are just, you know, into, into crash. Oh, we've been saying it. Yeah. I get that. It's all good. Okay. And I understand they can't risk death on television at this point. Okay. There's no, I don't want them to. Right. No, but, and Jericho's old, you know, older now and whatever, he can't take a bump like that anymore. But I like, the what was supposed to look like metal, like just exploded into fake, like cardboard. You know, it would just. It, I don't know. I know. I, I was very. I was very annoyed. Let me just say this: I was a very annoyed that the response, the AEW defenders, their response was, "What do you want? You want guys to just die?" And it's like, no, we don't want guys to just no. die. But you, no. but you have to be creative so it doesn't look the way it looked. It looked bad. It looked stupid. It looked completely fake. It looked bad. Just do a better job. It's not that anyone's saying he should have taken a real bump and actually fallen 20 feet onto metal. No. But, but think about a way to do it so it doesn't end up looking the way it looked, which is like he was laying on a mattress, like he was just relaxing. That's the point. 
And, and the, it's, it's the biggest shortcoming of AEW so far. And we saw it with the with the terrible explosion of Jace that didn't work. In these big spots, the wrestlers do fine. The company doesn't know how to shoot the stuff yet. They don't know how to do it yet. So yeah. they'll get there. But right now, in the big spots, they fall flat. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's how it is. I agree. I, I totally agree with you. It was definitely entertaining. I love the blood. I love the guts. MJF's they, been great. MJF was amazing. All the shots of him with the blood rushing down his face, like he cut himself perfectly. I thought um, FTR cut themselves really well. Oh, you're, you know, you're analyzing the bleeding now. Yeah, I am. I love the way certain blood looks. Man, I'm sick. I, I you know, I love bloody wrestling. I, I, it's one it's the thing I miss most, honestly, about about the PG era. You want people bleeding and bleeding. Yes, I think it makes it more interesting. You know, that's I, why I, I had to move on to UFC. I know. Now you watch that sick repuggery. Are, I are, love it. Are, are you going to spend money on Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather? Yeah. So are you ashamed of yourself? Yeah, I'm going to watch it. By the way, I thought the hat stealing was May. I'm sorry. I don't like him, but the hat stealing was mage i mean it was yeah i mean it's like it's it's the definition of mapug it's 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 like it's so childish and stupid and embarrassing and guess what it was really good it was entertaining like everyone was going to watch that it's it is floyd mayweather is such a loser for doing this i i i get it he's going to make a lot of money how much money is Floyd spending that he has to do this? He's fighting a guy, a YouTuber who's 0 and 1. Come on, he's dude. He's going to kill him. He's going to kill him. Floyd's going to kill gonna him. Be, he's going to kill him. Well, listen, if Floyd doesn't knock him out cold, it's a disgrace. It was a disgrace. If, if, if Floyd beats on him and peppers him with jabs and it lasts an hour, it's a disgrace. I want him to die. You have to kill him in the ring. I don't literally want him to die, but he should be killed. He should be destroyed by Floyd. You don't agree? I can't wait for Chandler Oliveira. That's what I'm looking forward to next Saturday. Yeah, that, that sounds fantastic. Oh, it's going to be the biggest one. Oh, the biggest one of the month. Oh, could it be bigger than the one last week or the one this week? There's this one this week, too. What's this week? Um, I watched it. It was made. Oh, this oh, coming up tomorrow night. I forget. I watched last Saturday. <laughs> there was, I mean, it's so good. No, UFC it's not. Some so weeks are good. good. Some are no, it's not. Some are the one, the big one when the got when Weidman's leg exploded, which was horrifying. That week was amazing because something happened in every match. There were two incredible finishes, two crazy injuries, big names all over the board. They're not all that good, dude. You're just into the fighting of it all. Some I, weeks, love, the, I love the BJJ, man. I love it. I love watching the, the moves and get them escaping from these guillotines. And yeah, these, I, don't, I, I could literally care, care less. About that. No, hey, not way, at all. Me, let me tell you something. It took me a minute. It took me several years to, to care about that stuff. And only like not care about when they were standing up punching each other. But I got to tell you, once you dig deep into that, it is really interesting. It's 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 these guys are the toughest guys on earth, and it's the athleticism is un, is unparalleled. I'm sorry, the athleticism is not unparalleled. The toughness is unparalleled. Athleticism, okay. stop. All right, it's, it's, parallel. it's parallel. It's paralleled. It's paralleled. It's, it's paralleled. paralleled in WWE. 
Yes, I know, that's true. It's paralleled. But the that's toughness is... WWE. The idea that you would ever watch what happened to Weidman's leg and decide you're going to go have a fight the next week, that's crazy. I would see that and go, oh, that's enough. I'm never going to fight again. I'm good. I just, I'm, I don't know. I don't know how you get excited for it every week. I... It's the overexposure of the millennium. It is overexposed. There are too many fights, but there is something about it where the aesthetics of it are pleasing. I agree. I agree. I'm loving it. I love it. Um, I'll tell you what. The the Andy Ruiz boxing match last week was a sleeper great fight. Did you even know Ruiz had a fight? Yes, I did not watch it, though. Was it great? It was very entertaining. I mean, to see, you rarely see it was it was Ruiz versus Ariola. You rarely see two heavyweights have that entertaining a fight throughout the whole night. Oh wow! I'm, and I'm I got to tell you, Ruiz is Ruiz is surprisingly good. We have completely derailed. We've done wrestling cards. We've done boxing. We've done it all. Um, Rosenberg beats at gmail dot com is the way to get to the mailbag. I'll read. One, let's read one or two mail. Did call. you book your barbarian flights yet? You haven't. You haven't talked to him yet. Okay, listen to me. Can I just say this to end the pot? Are we doing this? Can we do this in the at maybe in August or September in the fall? Can we do this? I could do it sooner than that. You just have to make contact. You haven't done the work yet. I'm going to do the work. But are you serious about this? It, for me, going to North Carolina is nothing. What do you mean? We're going to go see the barbarian. Yeah, I, that part is fine. For me, it's about booking the trip. I, I I'm down to go meet the barbarian, in North Carolina. You're the do, you're the one. You're the does one. Warlord live in, does Warlord live in? These are th- I, we don't know. Mail. We have to ask. We have, when you talk to Barbarian, you have to ask him where Warlord is. What do you think Barbarian orders at a restaurant? Uh, listen, it's he, a great. You know, Doug and orders coffee. What do you think Barbarian orders? It's a great, great question. Do you think he orders ribs, or he's more respectful to us than that? And we don't, you know, we don't have to see the. Ribs. Oh, I want to see ribs. Huh? Daniel writes us and says, "Hey, sweet Pete, Tony Statless, and special shout out to the Body Donna's lesser known cousin Dip." I write in to express the pure amount of joy I've received listening to Dip unbox the endless treasures from his parents' compound. I was hoping to indulge you with my own wrestling bar mitzvah story, if you don't mind. I became a man fittingly at the beginning of the Attitude Era in January 1998. My theme was the WWF with customized table settings where guests would be seated at themed tables, represented by the likes of Shawn Michaels, Ahmed Johnson, and for my grandparents' Holocaust survivor friends, The Ultimate Warrior. I have seen many wrestling themed bar mitzvah pictures over the years, but what allowed mine to be so special was that my family had a relationship with Carlo DeMarco, who at the time was the president of WWF Canada. Non kayfabe version. Sorry, dip. A few weeks before the event allowed my family, uh, a few weeks before the event, he allowed my family and I to raid the merch closets at the head office for giveaways, party favors, and decorations. Oh, my God. We stocked up on tons of T-shirts, mainly the original Austin 316s, hundreds of magazines, life-size cardboard cutouts of Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, and The Undertaker, and my personal favorite, an original ringside chair from the 97 Survivor Series. Oh, my God. One of of our favorite things to do after my bar mitzvah was take these life-size cutouts and place them on the other side of the door and scare the living crap out of anyone who walked into the room. While most of the stuff has since been donated, recycled, or otherwise destroyed, the chair remains in my childhood bedroom to this day, along with a cardboard cutout of myself wearing one badass Undertaker shirt. As Dip can surely attest, most Jewish parents leave rooms untouched for decades as a shrine to their beloved children. 
Always love listening to the podcast and I'm beyond thrilled to hear one up is dead slash life. It's actually, yeah, one up is life now. All the best, Daniel. Daniel, tremendous email. God bless you, yeah. sir. This is Freiburg. This is the guy. He's the guy who sent you the the dolls. This is the great guy. Wow, what a big episode. Yeah. For, what a big episode for him. Yeah, huge. Mail. Imtiaz writes us, hey, Pete and SGG. Hope you guys are well. I was thinking WWE could use the Daniel Bryan storyline and have him travel around in search of time when he was the best indie wrestler in the world. Say he's doing it for his love of wrestling in what time he has left. He'd go to NXT, NXT UK, um, go to MLW, who WWE now has a working relationship with. How would you guys use Daniel Bryan in his time away from SmackDown? Keep up the great work. Emi from the UK. That's a good idea. It's a great question. I'm down to use him, however. I mean, if he's not going to wrestle again, which he will, but if he's not going to wrestle again, I mean, I would like to see him in some sort of interesting role. I'd like to see him in a managerial role. You know, I'm down. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm here for Daniel Bryan doing something interesting outside the ring. God, we didn't even talk about the macho, Doc. Ugh, there's so much. I, I talked about it with uh, SGG a little bit. Is there anything you want to really say about that before we put a bow on this thing? You know, I just, I was very emotional watching the whole thing. I, I love that it's two hours. It gets into the real nitty gritty of his life. I and I and the two I, hours is fantastic. Oh my God. And um, that whole gorgeous George era, that whole era, it, it was, you know, I had really, honestly, I'd stopped watching at that point, but I kind of did, you know, 99, 2000 WCW was not something that I was watching every week. Well, I, I got into a lot of people on a lot of, a lot of people tweeted me angry that I said Savage's run was seven years. I noticed that as well. They went, oh. his, his good run was seven years. What do you think I was saying? And they I know, go, but and it, they it go, came across. Nope, I'm going to say it no, did come His across. run was seven years. It was his 85 to 92. Good night and good luck. That okay. is the only right. reason he is celebrated. I, You're right. So, so You're when right. they, when people want to get literal and say, well, that wasn't the length of his career, that's not what I said. I said his I run. He had a seven-year run. I'm sorry. I'm not going to outshout you, but I'm sorry. So do you tell me the thing in his WCW career that you think about when you think about Randy Savage? Literally nothing. That's I was so just going to say that. And, and so so someone that, yeah. wrote me and said his 97 feud with Diamond Dallas Page was one of the best feuds of the year. Okay, no. great. No one thinks about that when they think about the history of Macho Man. We know Agreed. that he was there. There was merch. It sold. It existed. He he. I'm not saying he wasn't a draw. But when you think about why he's one of the greatest ever, it's 85 to 92. Thousand percent. I stopped caring about the Macho Man in like a week to week as a kid. Like 90, 92. 91. Yeah. 92 was the latest. By the way, like, yeah, 92 was the latest. Like the second he started wearing long pants and like, you know what I mean? Like the, the, the shirt thing. I, mean, I was like, okay. You, you post Sherry. Yeah. Post, post Macho King. I was like, eh. Yeah. I mean, so <laughs> I, I understand people being defensive. I'm the biggest Macho guy in the business today, but I'm sorry. If he didn't have 85 to 92, he just had 93 to 2000. He's not a Hall of Famer. He's not Macho Man. He's just a guy. So the, the run is 85 to 92. The, Hogan had runs then, and then Hogan had a run again from 96 to 02. So let me, let me tell you what I didn't know. I didn't really know the extent of like, I got to be honest, I didn't know the, the the genesis of the beef between Hogan and Macho. It was that trip. I didn't mm -hmm. know that. 
And um, I didn't really know the genesis of the Gorgeous George relationship and how much of a I didn't know that they were like in a relationship. I got to be honest with you. I didn't even know that. I, I, I did and I didn't. At the time, I don't know, I was 13, 12, 13 years old when that was going on. I hadn't, I haven't thought about it since. I know. So like, I, I didn't really know that they were in a relationship and that he had a relationship with Gorgeous George's uh, son. I know, who, who, who apparently feels that Macho Man was a great guy. Yeah, and, and I got to be honest, I didn't, I did not, all the stories you ever hear about Macho Man was that he was such a dead serious worker and such a professional. I didn't know he had like ecstasy binges and like, he was going crazy in his mid forties when he was at the end of w, the WCW run, and I had no clue that was his vibe. I had no idea. Yeah, well, I didn't listen. Know that. A lot of people wrote me saying they felt it was a burial and it, it wasn't fair. I, I don't know. You I know, didn't see it I that. Know. I didn't see it that way. I, I, I thought it was beautiful. Yeah, I love. By the way, you should argue this out because Conrad, Sam Roberts, Dave LaGreca—they all thought it was a burial, a complete burial of Savage, and I was just like. I love you guys. Really? I love you guys. And I love Savage. Take off your fanboy glasses. He was a complicated yeah, character. Yeah, I know. I was like, he was a complicated dude. Listen, yeah. Bubba should not have been in it. Everyone agrees Bubba the Love Sponge was a waste of time. Fine. But besides that, I don't know. It's He's a complex dude. Anyways. They showed you everything. They, 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 you know, not everything, of course, but, you know, to the extent of the things that we, that major fans like us did not know about macho and and I don't think there was anything inflammatory in there we the 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 way that he treated miss elizabeth in real life was well documented and and you know I don't think they said anything out of the ordinary that we didn't know so please and, I, I would um, love I would love to have this argument with someone I agree even I'm in the, ready to have the argument even I in mean, the gorgeous yes. george part she says don't just judge him for his negative he was a great guy like there was no burial. He's a complex figure who made a There's lot of no mistakes. For the way he treated her, you know. Obviously. No, he did. He did bad thing. But he did but bad guy stuff. Macho Man did bad guy stuff. He did. Yes, we yes, love the guy, course. but he did bad stuff. So make up your mind. Do you want to be 2021 and with the times and point out that people who did abusive things should be punished, or do you want to call it a burial? It, you have to say what it was. Savage was a complex figure. I thought it was a very well, whatever you thought of the, of the, you know, whatever you think of all that, the, 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 the construct and the direction and the way that it was put together was really well done. I thought, so. really, I, I thought it, I, it I was enjoyed very it. entertaining. And I got to tell you, the warrior one is going to be gut wrenching for me to watch. How are you? Uh, gonna, I, how are you going to survive it? I don't know. I'm a, if, is it two hours? Oh yeah, sure it is. Oh my God. I mean, oh, and, and you, I got the Omen thing got me too. Oh, there is so much wrestling stuff out there right now. I, 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 you can't keep up. And I got to tell you, some of this content, including treasures is great. Yeah, It's entertaining. I'm enjoying it. We're enjoying it. All the nostalgia and all the stuff they're doing nostalgia wise is, is, is fantastic. I know it's unfortunate that almost that's getting so much attention because I wish the product right now is exciting people as much as the nostalgia was Rosenberg beats at gmail.com. I have to hang, I have to hang up on you. We know this is like ending a real phone call with you. Stay mage. All right. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Can we just do a few more minutes? <laughs>
professional wrestler in the history of the art form. M-m-m-m-mitch.